welcome to episode 160 of Control the Controllables. And we continue to try and get under the bonnet of this amazing sport. And when we look at it, Spanish tennis has arguably been the most successful nation over the last 20, 30 years, particularly in the men's side of the game. And today's guest was the coach who took Carlos Moya on that amazing journey from a youngster in Mallorca all the way to world number one. And then the greatest male player of all time? Question mark. What do you guys think? Rafael Nadal, 21-time Grand Slam champion. He's also played a big role with Rafael Nadal. And in this episode, we're, we're looking into, in a subtle way, the, the real secrets of the success of Spanish tennis over the last 30 years. What we try to convince the guys is uh, effort is not a sacrifice. You need to learn to enjoy the effort. If you enjoy the effort, everything is easier. And finally, you don't want to enjoy the effort. Maybe it's better to play another thing, you know, no, no tennis. For those of you who have not come across Joffrey Porter, that is the man himself. Welcome to hell is what he says when people turn up to his academy in Mallorca. It's such a privilege for me to have these conversations. Every time I come away and I go, I get it now. I get it. I've heard about Joffrey for the last 15 years and I've not understood what his philosophies are, why he does what he does. But after spending an hour, an hour and a half talking to him, it is very clear to see how this man ticks. It's very clear to see why he's had such an impact on some of the biggest stars in the world, but also on many, many players that have gone through his hands. His English is very good. He speaks with that Spanish accent that we love to hear. Make sure you're listening closely to this one. There's a lot of gems in there. I know you're going to love it, and I'm going to pass you over to Joffrey Porter. So, Joffrey Porter, big welcome to Control the Controllables. How are you doing? Fantastic. It's a good time. We enjoy. We have a good weather now, and we enjoy really the practice. I'm so happy to be here and kind of speak with you. It's a pleasure and an honor. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the honor is all mine, Joffrey. I've, I've heard so many good things about you. I've... I know that you've been so highly involved in, in tennis in Spain for, for many years and played such a big role in the success. And people will know you for your time with Carlos Moya. They'll know you for, for also having a young Rafael Nadal at, at the Government Academy many years ago as well. And I think, I think the starting point for me, we've got a young Spanish bull in Carlos Alcaraz, who, you know, I I saw maybe for the first time three years ago, and I think it was very obvious then that he was well on his way to being one of the best players in the world. But what, have you got a few words to say on Carlos Alcaraz to start? Uh, I think it's amazing. I tell the people a couple of years ago, maybe four or five years ago, because I was, I'm really, really friends with the first coach of, uh, or the coach is the father, but with Antonio Gonzalez Palencia from Murcia, he tried to, to help him and we make something together. And when I see him, it was amazing. Uh, I see how 
how brave here, no? I think we'll be agreed that the, the fantastic players, I think the the more important is that they are really brave, you know, they, they yeah. don't they don't mind about hit the ball or change it. The discussion was uh, play single hand or double hand, because imagine he was so young, you know. And I tell him that's a matter, he will be fantastic with single hand or double hand because he yeah. hit the ball like crazy. And he had one thing that had one thing that I I see in Nadal, you know, that is a He's controlling everything, you know. His eyes controlling everything. So we are practicing, and you can see that his eyes is uh, controlling the, the open, the, the partner, in this case, the partner. The, the everything happened around themselves. That was like this. Look, he's not concentrated, but he's focused. And and when you first saw him, as this is something we talk about a lot in tennis, you know, how how early can you tell? And 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 my answer when I get asked this question is. You have generational tennis players, you know, Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, Serena Williams. You, you know, you you have these players that come along that they're very, very special, you know, from a young age. Then you have players that you don't know. Maybe they have a chance, maybe. And, and they, they go a bit of a longer distance. When you first saw Carlos, did you, were you able with your tennis eye to say yes this is the guy, this is the one that's going to carry the torch for Spanish tennis. My eyes really bad in this way, you know, because uh, when I was working with Moya, uh, I never think we'll be top 100, maybe oh, really? <laughs> we'll okay. be right to the top one, you know. With Rafa, it was easy because uh, it was so easy to see that. He's so okay. Good. With Alcaraz, I, the first time I saw him, he was very young, maybe 12, when he won tennis Europe in, in Mallorca. And uh, was not, uh, he played fantastic, but he's not very sure and made mistakes. And But it's because he's so brave, you know. I think one of the things that oh, these players is, uh, they don't mind so much about the results when they are young and they try things. If they understand me to hit the ball, they are not afraid to hit the ball. It is one, the prize is lose some matches, but but that's a matter. We don't speak about the present, we speak about the futures. This, this kind of, of, of idea is so difficult to put in the mind of our players. No? But this is also, when we think traditionally of a Spanish tennis player, we think somebody who puts a lot of balls in court, somebody who moves very well, who defends very well. And this way of playing, this bravery, hitting the ball, taking risks, it's a little bit different. Yeah, but, and we have some players, Nadal recovered a little, the, the, the guy is fighting a single ball, but, but we have different players, no? Verdasco uh, or Feliciano. I think that I try to convince the people that the Spanish player, the traditional Spanish player is changing a little. We, we really believe that main mistake is not right, you know? And yeah. we I think the consistency is important. But uh, I think in one time, you know, the time of Emilio Sanchez, because I spoke before, the, the mistake is uh, overvalued, you know. Uh, we need to make in balance, you know, the, the mistakes and, and the progression. Yeah, I think in a long time uh, in Spain, we have a good, a good, a good balance in that. Sometimes uh, too much, you no, know, uh, but uh, I think we are in balance. And, and I think uh, Carlos is amazing in this way. He can hit the ball, but defense balls and possible balls. And yesterday, after the second match, run like the first match is uh, amazing. It's crazy. It's uh, it's amazing. It's a monster. And how good is he? Are we are we talking multiple Grand Slam champion? 
you know, I like to make the, <laughs> the, I take into the analysis what after happened, you know, if, obviously if I need to put money, I put money, but I don't bend never, you know, I think he can be really rude, but, uh, you know, he hit the ball so hard. Uh, I wish he don't have any injury and, but because mentally is so, so tough. I don't think he, he can get doubts about uh, I'm good enough. And I promise I'll move on from Carlos Alcaraz, but I think because he's he's so exciting, I think people people also want to hear because there's not many people in the world that have spent time with Rafael Nadal and with Carlos Moya from such a young age. So how how does he compare at at that sort of age, or even when he was maybe 15, 16, how does he compare to Rafael Nadal? I think uh there's a lot of things similar, you know. Uh, maybe uh, one of the things, obviously, is be brave. He don't really don't mind. He accepts every challenge. This one is so, so, so important, right? Second one is uh, uh, the the effort, no? It's they don't, don't don't measure the effort, you know. They they go. They don't think if it's good or it's not good to go. They don't, yesterday in the match, you can think it's the second match. Malvitaria will be more conservative physically. They don't understand this kind of word. They go. I think when you are young, you must be like this because it's how the soul of the young people must work. Maybe in Rafa, because Rafa, the people doesn't know it. Now is the slower player serving in, in, in the circuit. But when we're young, go so fast, they don't have time to recover. And we start to put three balls with Tony Nadal. We put three balls, the different things for, for delayed, uh, the t- for have more time for recuperation, no? This kind of things with uh, with Alcaraz is, I think, is not necessary because the, the rhythm is uh, is really really good. Rafa was lefter. He have a very clear uh, tactical, very clear uh, pattern. No, that the play high to the the backhand of the opponent. Uh, Alca- Carlos is more many more things. No, because the uh, lefter sometimes limited. But in the beginning, it always still the same and. Uh, in the beginning, when, uh, when uh, you, you tell me about 16 years old, Nadal was like this. It's not so tactical. You know, it's more more fresh. You play more more, more winners, etc. And in terms of if we go back to, and I want to get on to Carlos Moya because I know I know you spent so much time with Carlos Moya and I think it, it's not normal to, to have a player from such a young age and then go uh, along that journey. But in terms of in terms of Rafa, who if, I, I believe he he came to a, a government run academy of yours in in Mallorca. At what at what age was that? But when we started with Rafa, he's nine nine years old. You know, when I okay. come back, I was in the Spanish Federation. I come back with nine years old, and and Tony was happy because obviously Manacor they don't have a lot of players for for for. For make the work and we make a groups in the beginning we try to make older players you know but and start to work you know and 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 tony was coming in the beginning and watching the practice and they say you are more time here than, than in manacor why you don't start to work with us you will start to work together and it was a fantastic time because we we share so many things and and how much of it how much of it is training and how much of it is natural you know, when we're talking about these superstars, you know, what obviously they have to train and, and obviously they train very hard. 
But how much of it is, you know what, they will find their way no matter what? Uh, obviously, it was only training. There are so many players that train so hard. They don't arrive. It was, it's not true. But if we speak only about the talent, we don't speak about only the technical talent or the coordinative talent. We speak about all the talents. Uh, we need to work. You know, uh, I think one of the best things of, of uh, Rafa is uh, the education of the family. Tony is special. They prepare him for the effort and the effort and the effort and the effort and and the hum be humble. You are not. You cannot be proud about what you do because uh, there are people, you know, the misses that Tony, that there are people said life because he's a doctor, you're a tennis player. All this kind of message uh, make a, a tough and um, very, very, very involucrated uh, player in the, in, the, in the project. And I think this kind of things help so much. Obviously, it's the guy is not talented, you don't arrive, but I think it's, it's a lot of things. You know? One is the practice. But we need to think about the education of the family, the environment. Uh, one time, somebody tell me, now the people know about the, 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 the Sebastián, the father of, of Rafa. No? But one time, tell me, how they are the parents of, of Rafa? Say, you know them? He said, no, they're perfect. No? Because they don't want to be the protagonist. They want to be in the shadow. He allowed to, to grow the kid. No? These kind of things help so much. But is there a big, big percentage depend on the talent of the guy? Usually, Rafa have not only technical talent because he don't play some people don't like because he's not uh, his technique is not uh, traditional, but uh, he have a fantastic uh, coordinative talent and mental. We don't need to speak about or physical. It's, it's, it's crazy. And in terms of your coaching. You know, I know, and I've I've spoken to lots of people, and I know you say when they come to your academy now, welcome to hell. You know, and and is this did this start when you started your coaching? Did you already have this philosophy, or is this something that your philosophy has changed as you've moved your way through your coaching life? When I started, I was worse. So you can ask Tumoya. You know, uh, yeah. uh, because yeah. really in the beginning, I. I didn't know nothing about tennis. You know, I don't come in from the tennis scores. I was a uh, play basketball. It's not, it's a, it's a curious story, but I finished, I, in the end, I started tennis and I don't know a lot. Uh, I put a lot of passion. We fight a lot with every small details. We put, it, it, it was like, it was a real hell, you know, because we go, we, I learn in the same time that the players, I learn with the players. I don't teach the player, I learn with the players, no? In the time also of uh, or Rafa was different. No, I have a lot of more experience. I study a lot. I love all you know that I love the neuroscience. So many things around tennis, and I think I can help more the people. We tell the help because I think it's like a job. You need you need to you need to understand that when you come here, the they are not a space for the laziness. You know, it will be yeah. hard. You know, and what we try to convince the guys is a. Uh, Effort is not a sacrifice. You need to learn to enjoy the effort. If you enjoy the effort, everything is easier. And finally, you don't want to enjoy the effort. Maybe it's better to play another thing, you know, no, no tennis. Effort is not a sacrifice. I absolutely love that. You know, and and and, and I think in the modern in the modern day, the modern day child, you know, who has a mobile phone, has an Xbox has Netflix has so many things. Is that something that you find is more difficult to get people to understand that now 
than maybe 20 years ago? It's really, really difficult. But no, for example, in our academy, the guys leave the, the phone at 8.30 in the morning. Oh, no, it's not true. They can use the phone 8.30 in the afternoon till 10.30 they go to sleep. It's the only moment they can use the, they can use the phone for speaking with the mother, need to study, whatever like this. But it's not allowed to play or, or TikTok in this time, you know. The weekend, where they have more time. But it's not because, uh, it's because it's really, really bad. You know, the, 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 the mobile phones and the, all these kind of things is uh, uh, stimulate one terrible hormone. It's the dopamine. It's the same that the, the drug addicts or the smokers or, the, or whatever, you know. And obviously, this dopamine is only coming when you receive one um, satisfaction without effort. You know, it's a, and this one, we prepare the kids with this kind of, of, of technology to the, I want gratification, but I don't want to make the effort. No? And I think it's a very, very terrible, it's a terrible uh, information. For that, we try to manage that. It's not easy because obviously they are addicts. We can make software, but the truth is they are addicts to the, to the technology. And uh, with my wife that is helping so much, Afiza is my, is my, I don't want to say it's my right hand. I'm I'm her right hand, you know. <laughs> but uh, sometimes we speak. It's a battle that we will lose, but we need to fight, you know, because uh, it's too much important. How control and change the the effort give you satisfaction because it's serotonin. Serotonin is uh, you you feel good serenity in the long term. No, uh, dopamine is really really dangerous. It's not bad, eh? but it's really really dangerous because make addiction. I've got two things because I'm also a tennis parent. So if my, my wife will be listening to this because she she edits the podcast. So and I have two things that we have to write down as parents, and that is effort is not a sacrifice, and we don't want to give satisfaction without effort. And I think I think these two these two messages uh, are so so important and 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 anybody that's listening to this which i'm sure a lot of people will be I, I i want you to scribble those things down because the world will be a better place if we can all take those on and and joffrey in terms of <clears throat> you mentioned that basketball was your was your sport you know so what what was it that attracted you to tennis you know how did how did tennis win you over over basketball i'm fanatic of tennis. in the beginning i hate tennis believe me i, I play tennis because i don't want to study the, the, the normal study i have to, i, I tell my father what do you want uh, my father told me i say i want to live because of sport in my time they are not uh, university for sport and these kind of things and, uh, and my father said, yeah, but in basketball, how many coaches uh, live because basketball in Spain? He said, I don't know, 20? He said, 10 is only in Martino. I was from Martino. He said, they are maybe 12 only in Martino. I think tennis is the best option. And I start like this. In the beginning, I don't like, you know, the people is very Porsche uh, with the white t-shirts. And I go, I remember one time, you know, with a t-shirt, it's a little yellow in the top. And they come in to say, e, with the yellow, you cannot go. And, you know, this kind of thing. I hate this kind of thing. You know, I'm mm. very, uh, I play, but I don't love. But one day I understand that tennis is, oh, I believe, that is the best sport for the education of our kids. I think they are not one sport, maybe boxing, but they are not a lot. I play basketball. Basketball is really, really good. 
but basketball, the contact that the player and the coach have in tennis is not in basketball, cannot be because there are no time. Tennis is so personal. Tennis is individual work, but we work in, in group. So you have so many, many conditions that is, I think is the best, one of the best scenarios for, for, uh, for teach the kids. The education by, uh, by the tennis, I think is a lot of better than other ways, no? For mm -hmm. that, I start to be in love with that. And now I'm fanatic, no. <laughs> and I can see that and you're a I can see you're a big student of the game you you understand that tennis is changing and evolving evolving all the time so can you can you tell the listeners some of the some of the areas almost looking outside of the box so I know that graphology is something that you've looked into, you know, laterality, you know, the subconscious, the conscious, you know, I know that these are some of, I know that these are some of the, the passionate areas that, that you've looked at. So to start with graphology, can you tell the listeners what, yeah. that, is, what that is and why that's relevant? I think it's there because I, one time when Moya contract. Paul Dorchenko, he know a lot about lateralities. He opened my mind a lot. I look in more and more and more. And then there are one guy that is a Pulset die a little time ago, die, but is a fantastic, uh, he makes fantastic uh, programs in TV. Uh, it's easy to find in, in, in YouTube about uh, neuroscience. Yeah, I start to study a lot about the graphology is very simple. It's not new. It's a start that in the in the 1940 or something like this. Uh, it's very simple. Uh, how some people write, uh, you one expert can say this guy is like this. No, he's a, a little shine or it's too much extrovert. It's aggressive or softer. It's a is a for example one is my problem. When I start to write, I start writing, a little, little is going down, going down. This means that the people I have a good start, but bad uh, ending, you know, because I'm I'm really lazy man. But uh, this kind of thing gives you the, the information. But the, the good thing of the graphology or education by the graphology is the double direction of that, the double direction of everything. But in this case, it's so clear. If I can change your right, I can change your mind. I, I love the psychological work when I can see, them. you know, I know that there are so many works, but uh, the psychological work when I can see, because I can touch, because the, I, it's so clear in my mind, it's easy to work in that. We believe that the kids, uh, uh, when they look at what happened, uh, help a lot. Obviously the problem is the kids don't have passions for this kind of work because it's need to be passions, but, we make a lot of things because the graphology normally the people make different types of drops in in draw in, in the in the paper. We make a little more. We make a stand up in the ready position with one eye, with the other eyes, with the eyes closed. We look in always a little more because it's the variability that that, that we speak. And it's it's working fantastic. Uh, we really believe in this kind of work. So as as we're talking, and I I often when I do these things I have a pen in my hand. And when I'm writing, I write some little things down. I often draw pictures. Mm -hmm. So, so I, so what does that mean about me? Well, no, I'm not a graphologist. <laughs> we have one expert in that, you know. Okay. But obviously, obviously, uh, it's, it's, it's easy to see that 
your capacity of concentration is good because you can open and close. I think it's, this one is, is a fantastic because your capacity of being a conversation in the same time, make a draw or make some things uh, in the same time, you don't lose the, 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 the concentration is fantastic because it's tennis. No? You cannot be concentrated yeah. all the time, but you need to be focused when it's really, really, really important. And this kind of work uh, help. It, uh, it's, 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 we make this kind of work on core, no? that make one type of work, make something that make crazy the kids and, and carry on, you know, because it's uh, one way for practice that, no? that uh, be concentrated in that. But really, I'm not a graphologist. Yes, uh, I know we have, a, we have one expert that he tell that what we must do with the kids, that's something general, you know, about the concentration, about the balance, et cetera, et cetera. But then, you can make more and look in, uh, we work with Andres Sansol, San, San uh, that is a graphologist. He's one guy from La Palma, the, the, the island of the, of the, of the Balcano. Yeah. And, uh, and we start to work with him and, and he's really, really good. And he's working by internet. He's, I don't try to make promotion, but really he make a good job. He make analysis, tell us what we must do with every single player. Or, uh, the, who don't want to pay that, we make uh, exercises uh, the, that we know that work for, for the concentration or whatever. I like it. And if, <clears throat> if I was to ask you the question of what is your philosophy as a tennis coach, what would you say? I have one sentence of, uh, one sentence of uh, Einstein that we love. We really believe in that. If he tell that I don't teach my students. I, pre I prepare the conditions where they learn. You know, the, the idea is very simple. We don't teach. We need to teach how to learn or whatever, you know, but don't make the work that they can do for their own. Sometimes the coaches, we want to go too fast for the parents because finally it's similar. If we give the solutions, the guys, yeah, this is the solution, make that, no? And this one, we don't believe work a lot. You know, it's better to say, you need to play the ball higher. They don't tell yeah. you how. You try. And when you make the mistake, say, no, look at that. This one doesn't work. No, this one doesn't work too. And what Keaton found the solution said, uh, you must do that. You know? But I think one of the, of the problem of the society in general, in tennis in particular, is when we try always to make easier the work of, of, of our players. And we make the opposite. I tell them a couple of weeks ago, I tell one guy, because it was a little despair because I pushed so much, I start to think it's personal. I say, listen, it's very simple. My work is make you, your, your, uh, the situation more difficult for you. It's not make easier your situation. Yeah. And I need to find you, your work is try to get the solution for these problems that I put in the, in, on court. You know, don't try to, uh, to look in one shoulder for it. Sometimes, yeah, obviously, but in general, don't try to found a shoulder for, for hack, for help, you know, looking for help. I will make what the thing is necessary. I love so much tennis that you need to, this is one sentence that I use sometimes. I love so much tennis. I love so much your project, tennis project, that is necessary. You hate me. Forget something is a price that I will pay happy for, for, for that. And uh, it's fantastic because the reaction is so weird in the kids. <laughs> like I'm crazy. The parents are, what do you say to my son? He's oh my God, half an hour of conversation. <laughs> well, one, of, one of my favorite analogies, which, which I hope this makes sense to you, Geoffrey, because it's, it's basically what you've said there. 
is the the satellite navigation system in the car you know and if some if somebody drives a very complicated journey which tennis journey is very complicated and long and and i use the satellite navigation and then the next day i have to do the journey again i don't remember and if somebody takes the satellite navigation away i have no chance Whereas if, if, if I take the journey and I use a map and I struggle and it's difficult and I have to ask the next day, I, I'm able to do it. And the next week I'm able to do it and, and it really sticks. And I think, I think that's a very similar concept to, to, to what you're saying, which I, I like a lot. 100%, really, 100%. Really, uh, how many numbers of phones you remember now? <laughs> so simple. I, mean, I don't know the phone of my wife. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, before, you know, maybe 100 phones because they are important. Yeah. Everything is set. Yeah. But I... so easy. Life yeah. is, is uh, a yeah. main, main comfort zone, make idiots. I'm so sorry. It's so, yeah. so direct, but it's like this. I tell everybody mm -hmm. comfort zone, make idiots. See, when you don't want to change a shot, it is one of the ideas. You don't want to change your shot, your grip, or whatever. It's because you want to be in the comfort zone. You will be an ideal player, not an ideal person, but an ideal player because you don't find, you will not find the solutions. Yeah. Comfort zone makes idiots. So they, hey, I've got, I have three. I have three already amazing, <laughs> amazing pieces of gold. And by the way, my wife, who I've been with her for oh, 21 years, I remember her phone number 21 years ago. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to say the number because it's it's still it's still her mum's phone number, but it's it's exactly right, you know, and I I had to put a lot of effort in 21 years ago, one to persuade her, you know, to be my girlfriend, um but two also also to remember the phone number. I I like it a lot. Joffrey, I I have to move to Carlos Moya, you know, and if, if my reading is correct, you you started with Carlos when he was five years old? More or less, I think five, yeah. So how, I guess there's a few things that come to mind. You've already mentioned you weren't sure he was going to be a top, top 100 player, but any relationship is difficult <laughs> to keep going for so long. So how many years did you work with Carlos? And tell us a little bit about that journey. I, I want to be honest. I worked I work till 17. He go to Barcelona. And when he came back after the injury, we start to work or, or work a little to, together again. Uh, but uh, with Moya, it's not a problem because it's very smart guy. With Rafa too, eh? they're very smart guy in the relationship. You know, in the interpersonal uh, intelligence, they are really, really good. They manage fantastic. And you will be agree with me. When you work with one player so young, they are more respect because they look at you like a big brother or father or something. If the work is easier, you know, it's yeah. not the same when you take one guy that 22 or 18, that's a matter, that look at you like a coach, you know. I think that the work with this kind of, like Tony with Rafa, or I with Rafa, or me with Rafa, or me with uh, with with Moya, was really really easy because the respect is was 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 so so high. Even 
uh, I don't know, when I travel with, with uh, Moya, uh, I don't, he, we go to the hotel, they are a problem. He go to the reception to say, we have a problem. You know, it's, uh, I don't, I know, I tell them so many times, I'm not your waiter, I'm not your babysitter. You need to make the work. I come here for help you in the thing that I do, not for make easier your, your trip. No? And they understand that perfect. Um, and Nadal too. And Nadal is, for example, when he play uh, tarps that, you know, in tarp they make a lot of these stories about uh, they got, uh, one kid uh, take the bag, the, the um, body words don't allow. Tony want to speak with him, he don't allow. And, and Tony tell to Rafa, take your bag. And, 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 and Rafa don't speak English in this time because he's 13 years old, don't speak close to not speaking Spanish, you know, speak Mallorquin. And, <laughs> And, and he tell, take the bag. He say, don't, the guys don't allow me. He say, you don't take the bag. We go to Manacor. And, and, and Don and Rafa is speaking with the body where I say, please, please. <laughs> we sign the bag to me. He say, no, no, me, me. He say, no, 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 no. <laughs> you. They say, don't give to me Manacor. <laughs> yeah, the guy was so, so hilarious. No? And this kind of thing is so natural. With Rafa and with Moya, it was Moya more because it's, and Moya obviously is younger than me, but it's uh, not the difference. You know, you are like a big brother or young father. I don't know what I am. And the relationship was was so natural always. We never fight. I was so hard. Eh? I punished so many times, Carlos. He know that. He makes so many laps to the court. So yeah. many. You cannot imagine. But they know that. Uh, they understand perfectly. It's because I really love him. You know, it's not because... Uh, uh, today, I think Alcaraz, I, I, think, I want to say thank you to my team because he punished me so much or he shouted me so much because it's the way for, for, for a good player. I think mm. it's, uh, sometimes love means uh, say this one is not right. It's sometimes you need to shout. And how, how is it for you now seeing Carlos Moya in, in the box with Rafael Nadal for, for so many years as well. That has to be kind of strange for you to see and, and also so nice for you to see how that relationship is as well. It's really nice and it's not so strange because the truth is uh, Carlos, Carlos is an amazing person because normally imagine you are the best player in Mallorca, never, and it's coming one guy, young guy, that everybody knows will be better than you. You are not jealous. You help so much. You know, invite him. You play doubles with him. He's looking for you. Some wilder. Uh, he practiced with you. Even you are so 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 big difference in the beginning. He was uh, not a coach, but was a uh, part of the team. With one is not part of the team. No, he's very involved yeah. in the. He's very happy. Uh, John Bosk, he's traveling. He was coach of, of Moyad. He told me one time. He say uh, one day. You know, one day. Uh, if Rafa win the match, pass in the ranking to to Moya and John tell to to Rafa uh, to Carlos sorry uh, today better he lose if he answer really in in, in the intimacy uh, I want Rafa win always that's a matter it's not today then it's we will pass you know this kind of player of course uh, it's easy to see him uh, teaching or helping uh, helping Rafa because. Uh, he helped all, always to, to Rafa. It's the relationship with both. Yeah. Uh, Very nice. And who who's the next Mallorcan tennis player? Do you have any young young Mallorcan tennis players that are coming through? 
when we have some players, you know that our academy now there are a lot of uh, players they are not from Spain, you know. Yeah. But but I, I tell academy, but it's difficult to tell because it's so small that it's difficult to understand what what we do. But uh, there are some players that they play really good there in the in the, in the top in Spain. And we'll see what happened. You know, well, finally, I, like always, we have a beautiful toys for play, but I don't know how long they will go. But will will be really, really interesting. We have Tony Escarda is one of the best under twelve. Uh, Tommy is an, one one of the best. Uh, Martin one of the best under eleven. Uh, Juan Gel is a uh, Mireya is one of the best under 13. We have really, really good play national players and yeah. some ones uh, international. But uh, I, I don't know. We had some good player, especially a special player. But I know that we'll enjoy this project. And and in terms of, <clears throat> we've talked more specific to to certain players. But I always think it's a, it's a fascinating subject. Is the subject of Spanish tennis, you know and. I mean, I've I've had a tennis academy in for twelve years now in Spain, you know, and for me to see the competition won, you know, the competition is is amazing. So I think naturally, you know, the competition is there. The weather, you know, the fact that there's so many so many courts, there's so many people, the passion of the coaches, you know, you go to tournaments, there's coaches at, at all of the events, you know, and and be, and because of that, and then the then the other reason I see is the likes of Rafa, you know, they they seem to pass on their knowledge and pass on their passion to the to the next generation. What, in your opinion, your I'm coming from the outside, so I have I have a <clears throat> I have a different lens. In in your opinion, why is it that? the Spanish system or the, the success has been so great for Spanish players over the last 30, 40 years? Sometimes when you go to make some conference around the world, you know, the people ask me uh, what, uh, about the Spanish system. Really, I don't think the Spanish system exists. Believe me, is uh, every yeah. coach work different. But we have some conditions, like you said, that is, uh, is uh, make easier our work. First, the weather. You know, we have the weather and the clay courts. I think clay courts help a lot for the footwork, for the tactics, because you need to have more patience. It is one, teach the guys in the in, in clay, uh, help help a lot. Second one, the competition. We have amazing calendar of competition. The guys can compete a lot. You don't need to spend a lot of money. And uh, and the third one for me, I don't know if you will be agree with me, but is the overprotection. Uh, in, in Spain, we don't have so high overprotection like in other countries. And for, for, for me, I don't tell that it's good or not good, but uh, I don't want to go, to go to this way. But obviously for make tennis players, yeah. For make football players, yeah. You know, when the conditions are too easy, when the people protect too much something, uh, it's not dangerous, but in the same time, it's difficult to be to be hard and, and tough in, in the world. And for that, this kind of things, I think the three things give a lot of values about the effort again. No? The effort is inside of the soul of the players. Happen the same maybe with the Argentinians, but where we have a little more money, you know, is a is a is in balance with the money and the and the, the no overprotection. And this kind of situations, uh, I think, help a lot because the truth is so long. Because sometimes, no, I, so many countries they have amazing time, you know, Germany. So, uh, uh, Sweden, but so long time like Spain is difficult to find so so big so long time uh, with the top level players. 
and in terms of, again, I said, I've been here 12 years and this is home for me. You know, I don't, I don't plan. You never know what happens in life, but I, I don't plan to go anywhere. You know, I'm in love with Spain. I love, I love the life. I love, you know, the tennis. I, I love, I love so much about it. When I was back in the UK, but not just the UK, when you go to Australia, when you go to many countries, they talk about the federation. You know, it's, it's, it's always in the conversation. You know, the federation this, the federation that. In 12 years in Spain, I've never spoken to anybody in the federation. I've never really heard of, of there even being a federation. You know, it, I, what I see is I see a lot of passionate people doing their own thing in working independently. You know, there's lots of accountability, you know, all of those things. Now, obviously, someone like yourself, you're more involved in what would be the Federation. And I know you've worked at the Federation before. So so tell us a little bit about the Spanish Spanish Federation and what's their role in developing tennis players. I think the Federation, when the uh, different times in the federation. No? I worked with the Spanish Federation in the best time in the the technification uh, uh, te uh, center in San Cugat. That in this time there are so good players. Moya was one, but there are Jacobo Diaz Galo Blanco. So many players that they are top top uh, hundred or, or or less. You know, uh, but. The true, yeah, I want to be honest, is uh, one I make the, the, the group in, in, in Baleares too, no? But after that, but I think when, when you have a group like this, it's difficult to make a long term because finally the coaches, uh, they are not the coaches of these kids, you know, they, they, they receive these coaches. It's difficult to have the same passion every year and every year and every year with players, sometimes you, you, you don't know that, no? Uh, I think that one of the Happened to me what you say, you know. I was to El Salvador and uh, was a ITF. Uh, everybody know, but the federation that the federation, yeah, I think the federation in Spain don't make nothing of these things that you ask here. You know, in Spain normally they have uh, more possibilities than El Salvador or Nicaragua, or whatever. You no, know? yeah, I tell them, it's, uh, maybe you need to stop to think in the federation and make your own work because finally. Uh, they are not one system, are, you know, that there are so many systems, no, there are so many good players in no, they don't go for by the same system, and you can build, build your own system, I think it's a million times better. I think the federation is good, they are a federation, but be careful, because the federation can, can make this one more, more close, you know, more... Uh, uh, I, I tell one thing, maybe you want to pull later or not, but uh, one time one, uh, one coach of England asked me, uh, why do you think Spain has so much success and, 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 uh, and England not so much, you know? Because it's uh, 13 times the budget of, of, the, of the Spanish Federation. Yeah, yeah, yeah tell, I'll tell that. In the time that you, you look in one system for teach players, uh, we play. You know, I think when you have so much organize, organize everything, uh, in the time that you look in all these kind of things, it's better close stands, open stands, or uh, how we can make the progression. We need to how measure. We play, and finally, tennis is play tennis. Sometimes I speak when I see some some uh, some exercise. There are so many good ones, but you see some exercise in in the in the in the YouTube. Uh, I think. 
Uh, we need to make exercise opposite design exercise is fantastic it's fun and it's necessary but we need to think must be better that the guy alone in front of a wall hitting the ball you know we need to look in not just for 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 making the decisive we need to look in and the more important we need to play and sometimes when we forget that we, we need to play the two players play so much hours but not because it's one effort easy and no no because they love tennis you love tennis uh I, I, I cannot ask uh, uh, to Moya how many hours you play. It's, it's not sense. It's not sense because uh, he don't know. Because he passed so much hours when he's young in front of a wall with friends playing. It's not just the practice, but because not because like this I will be. No, no, no. Because I love tennis. It's the thing it's that the I life. love. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. love uh, is part. Of, I, I live like this. You know? Yeah. It's when I I was I moved here. The, the first month that I was here, uh, I started the academy with no players and I brought in one or two players that they came from the UK and I was calling it an academy with one, maybe one player, you know, not paying money, one player paying a little bit of money. And I, I took them to Marbella to play some matches and this coach who I was, he became good friends with, he said, he said, you British tennis coaches are the best coaches in the world. He said, you have so many different drills. He said, here in Spain, he said, we're not good. He said, I only have four drills. He said, drill number one, I stand in the corner and the player plays back to me many times. <laughs> drill number two, I stand in the other corner. The player plays back to me many times. <laughs> drill number three, I go to the net in one corner, the player plays to, plays to me many times. <laughs> Drill number four, I go to the other side, the player plays to me. He said, that's, he said, that's all I've got, you know, and, and, and it, it was, and that's, that's being a little bit unfair to British coaches because there's, there's many amazing British coaches, but, I, but, I, but, but I think the, the, the example is, and, and the, the thing I take from you is just play, play and don't play to become a professional tennis player play because you have a passion play because you love love to do it and and at the end of that then then somebody might might go on and become a professional tennis player and i think i think that's such a nice it's such a nice way and i and i've used this a couple of times from the rafael nadal tour events which i which i i love the the concept and and the first year I went, I saw the, the 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 statement from from Rafa that said, "Play the sport as if it's the most important thing in the world, but understand it's not." You know, and 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 I just thought that was such a a beautiful way for us to look at, at this sport of tennis, and and that for me encompasses what I see with Spanish tennis. You know, whether it's a local tournament, whether it's a national tournament, whether it's an ITF, it doesn't matter. I see lots of people playing as if it's the most important thing in the world, you know, but then coming off the court and, and, and appreciating that it's, that it's not. There's one sentence that we, I use a lot with the kids. It's, it's not exactly the same, but I think it's, a, uh, it's about our philosophy. It, Everything is very, everything is important. Sorry, everything is important, but nothing is so important. You know, yeah. it's we need to understand the measure because when we make dramatic, if I don't play tennis, I cannot survive because no, 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 play tennis because you enjoy to play tennis. Yes. Because you make too much dramatic, you don't go more far. 
It's just you. There's no the, what is passion. The other, the other day, the question was somebody may go say, "What difference is the passion your obsession?" For yeah. me, it's very simple. Passion make you happy. Obsession make you stress. You know, when we pass, we cross the line. We start to be sad. We don't enjoy that. We need to be careful for that. Play so many hours, but enjoying this game. It's uh, without pressure that about rankings and stupid things, material things. Yeah. I'm tired about the ranking, believe me. Oh, the right, yeah. <laughs> I ain't tired about the convince the people the rankings is the consequence. The players that now we have a good ranking, we don't know what happened in the future. You know, it's, uh, it's not sense. It's not, what we need to do is play with tennis. You know, we play with tennis is not only about technical. Compete correctly. And we'll see what happens. It's not necessary to look in the ranking like crazy, but it's, a, it's one fight that is really difficult, really difficult to, find, to, 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 to win. Please listen, parents, players, coaches, you know, do not look at the rankings, you know, and it's, it's, such, a, it's such an important message as well. If I just, uh, I've got two or three more little things I'd like to jump into, Joffrey, while I've got you. And what do you think of the concept? And I've heard a few people say this recently, and I think I think Alcaraz is is the way he's playing is maybe quite a good example of this. Although some people said he couldn't play on clay, um, I would imagine maybe they need to they need to look at what they said when he's won two ATP five hundreds on clay already this year. But that but that almost tennis is becoming a little bit more of a hard court game even on the clay court, you know, whereas, you know, maybe 20, 25 years ago, you had your Thomas Musters who just put the ball in court 20, 25 times, you know, without, without trying to do so much. How, how do you feel the game is evolving? And my second part of that question, if you had a blank sheet of paper to develop a, a, a top player, Obviously, there's many other things, but would you play 100% on clay courts? Would you play 50% on clay, 50% on hard? You know, how, how, do you see, how do you see that going in the modern game? Right. I think when they change the, the, the balls now, the, the grass is more like clay and clay is more like grass. No? It's, uh, I think uh, everything is more similar. One is because the technical of the players is better. The second one, because they look in that. Obviously, with the new grass of, uh, of uh, Wimbledon, uh, you can see rallies that before the time of Ivan Isevic, uh, see the ball go and come back is over the average. You know, this one is, uh, is important to understand. One thing is the physical one. The, the mechanic one. Um, what I love so much uh, clay, because I'm Spanish. No, no, it's because clay, you know, the synetic change, no? When you break, you connect the synetic change. When you make the work in, in, in hard, it's working in long. When you play in clay, you need to slice and you need to break. The people say, I need to learn to slice. No, no, you need to learn to break. You know, yeah. it, it, this, this capacity of break and feel the synetic change is connected with the shot. I think for teach the kids is so important. For this one, I, re, I believe in, in, in Brazil, one coach asked me, but every, day, every year there are less tournaments in clay. What will happen with the clay course? He said, even there are no one tournament in clay, I think it's better to, I, I will follow teaching the, the young kids in clay. No? Uh, but the truth is we need to understand that now is uh, very similar and the people hit so strong. But in the end, uh, the players like Rafa or Alcaraz will be better because they are a little different, but they are different. In clay, tactically, 
uh, even they start to play down the line. So, so that cross score help a lot. But it's true that the, the in the past they are players that grass players. They don't cannot play in clay. If they are players, they are they cannot play in grass. No, for example, Moya don't like to play in grass. And I tell you, it's not sense because you have a good serve. You say, yeah, but uh, grass is not for me. And then we play one uh, Davis Cup in, in Australia. The grass of, of Australia is different because the ball, the, the ball jam more is close to, to win a Philippe, it's close to win Philipposes. That is a, is a grass player. I say, you see, it's a, it's sometimes we our belief uh, make our life more 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 simple, but no, you can get more things, no, that, that you think in the beginning. But it's true that the, the, the game will be more more similar. Yeah, I think I don't think it's bad. Eh? I think I, I, I think it's good. I don't yeah. the people say they are two different sports, the physical my physical go say it's two different sports. Yeah, I know. How we work, we work in the beginning a lot of in clay, we compete, whatever, because they are and a little, little, we introduce more and more and more and more hardcore, you know, till arrive maybe at 50%. And uh, with the youngest players, we when we need to compete in hardcore, maybe we go to hardcore. In our academy, they are not hardcore. You know, when yeah. we have friends near of here, they, they, they give us for free uh, hardcores. And when we have tournament or when we want to make something in, in hardcore, uh, we go there, you know. But uh, we don't... Really, what I see yeah, when I tell that the people think I'm crazy, uh, we can prepare hardcore in clay. Uh, I think it's uh, Agassi uh, win uh, uh, Wimbledon. Uh, I was playing with the, the uh, was playing practicing in the week in the in the gray in the gray clay. You know, they yeah. tell me that uh, it's uh, it's true that it's a different sport, but we can use one for the other one. You know, finally the variability work. Uh, it's not necessary to reproduce exactly what would happen in the matches, you know. And maybe this one that no, not only no help, you know, this disturb. Yeah? And for that, we try to increase our our work in, in hardcore, but the the, the the volume of play is uh, is always really 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 big. And and in terms of in terms of how the sport has evolved, is there any things that you think? and non-negotiable that whether you played in the 1970s or you play in 2040, it's, it's the same, you know, obviously the physical changes, the rackets, the balls, the strings, what stays the same from generation to generation? I think the mental, no? the people is was mental good in this time will be mental good in this one, obviously physically and technically so different. Even tactically, you no, know, the 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 surf in 17 is so important. It's the only thing important, maybe. And uh, and now the return make is more important than the surf, you no, know, because everybody serves so good. But the the mental, you know, the the, the mental capacities, I think, is uh, the people was brave will be brave now, and the people is not brave enough will be not brave enough now. You no, know, I think is the, the the this kind of thing doesn't doesn't change. Very good, and. To take you into into the modern the modern game now, we've and again on the podcast we've had Craig O'Shaughnessy, we've had Mike James, you know, that are really 
heavy, you know, the player analytics, the data analytics. What's what's your thoughts on how data analytics is coming into tennis? I think it will be really, really important. will be really, really, really important because it's clear that the, the tactics, uh, that the, the patterns of, of, of the shots give you a lot of solutions for understanding the game, you know, uh, even for understanding individually every single player. This one will help a lot. I won't give me the chance that believe that will be the, not the only thing, you know. I want to, I want, I want, I love to match this this game. I need to believe that is this one will help a lot for understand the game. But in the same time, I think I want to believe. Maybe it's right, maybe it's no. But don't 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 take me this 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 thinking. Uh, is a their part that is magic, you know. You cannot control by by numbers. Obviously, numbers will control a lot of things. But when you have a good shot, match ball, and you need to play down the line, their players will play in the net, their players will play inside of the court. You know, I think it's a, uh, these kind of things, uh, the numbers doesn't, doesn't give you the, the 100% that the, the intelligent, artificial intelligence uh, can make a lot of things. But I want to believe not everything because it's not no sense. We can play everybody in the PlayStation, you know. <laughs> we don't need more players to play at home with a, a gamer a gamer chair. Exactly. And and if you two 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 questions, I'll ask one question first. If you were working with a top hundred player now, would you use data analytics to help you? One thing is my dreams and nothing is the real, you know, I think this one help a lot. The only thing I, I, I'm absolutely sure is absolutely true. The only thing is I want to give one space. I don't want to believe this one is the hundred percent, you know, but yeah. of course that, that give us so many options for understand the game. Yeah. And the same times uh, for put this program with the shots of Alcaraz will be not easy because it looks crazy sometimes, you know, he have a pattern, but it's not, is not the pattern so clear. You take a mantilla, you, the pattern was very clear. Now it's more difficult to understand the pattern. And, and obviously they play without thinking, you know. Uh, Alcaraz plays naturally. It don't looks like they have a real plan. Uh, when he plays, of course he have a plan with with, uh, with Ferrero, they have a plan, but it's, it's a plan very open. I want to believe it's very open, you know. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I want. I wish. Maybe I'm too old for understand these kind of things. Like uh, the only, the only important thing in yeah. this game. I, I want to believe that they are one part that is not controllable. Controllable. But did you did you see the Alcaraz passing shot at seven six six five forty fifteen to Di Manua? There's. And if you haven't seen it, you need to get onto YouTube and you need to watch this shot. You know, one, that he's got the mental belief that he can still win this match. But no data analyst can tell can tell us that somebody's going to play a shot like that, you know. Um, so my second part to that question, Joffrey, is would you like to work with a top 100 player again and, and travel on the tour? Uh, I... I try to be honest always when I speak. I'm very lucky because I work with two fantastic players, amazing players. I make fantastic trips. My last trip with uh, with Rafa was in Miami when he beat uh, uh, Federer. It was amazing. But I will, if I can, because you never know, 
If I can, I, I like to work with the youngest players. If one of the younger players doesn't loop and want to carry on with me and we carry, we go together, uh, maybe I can work with a top 100. But take top 100 or top 200 or 100, I think uh, my philosophy of work, et cetera, et cetera, is only working if I work with a player till the beginning, you know, or yeah. when he's young. I don't want to take older players. I don't want to take top 100 or top 10. Really, I'm so sorry, but I tell that maybe now it's come. But I need to feel that I'm part important of that. I need to feel that the respect of the player, that they are respectful. It's not that, but it's more than respect. I, I, I want to, when I see my player, look at me like a father or like, a, yeah. I don't know, exactly. But I need this feeling. Um, the money uh, is not so important. And... And the, the youngest players give me that, you know, and the, 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 is these guys carry on and they're good and good and good and we arrive to Grand Slam, fantastic. But I don't want to take uh, all the players at the moment. Eh? <laughs> I can change tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. can, <laughs> when Carlos Alcaraz calls you next week, then <laughs> <laughs> this would be very difficult to turn down. But in terms of, uh, in terms of you, if you did go on the road, what would happen to your academy? Because I can imagine, and I've not been there. I've not been, and I've said to you at the start, I really do, and I, I promise I want to come and see you at some point. But I can't imagine that your academy is the same if you're not there. I, I live in the academy, yeah? Yeah. So I, I live in the academy in, in the... I don't believe that we have a system. It was because it's very free. Everything is very free. But we have one, one system of work that is easy to, to follow. I, I'm, I'm here. Sometimes I can be one week. I don't have holidays. I don't have time. Maybe I go one conference in, I don't know, in Australia. I'm 15 days uh, out of the academy. But the maximum can happen. I'm here all the time. I live in the academy. I try not travel a lot with the players because I think I can help more here. And I'm here all the time. And we live in my my wife and me. We have two rooms. It's our house. You know, we live in the academy. We are in touch with the kids 24 hours per day. It's a, I know every small detail about the kids because we live together. This one is oh so cool. No, no, it's not so cool because uh, it's good for something because we can can, can be care about a lot of things. But this fa family structure make uh, dramas the small things. You no, know? in the same time, so everything have a good thing. Everything have a bad things. But uh, really, I don't pass a lot of time out of the academy because it's, uh, it's my house. It's my real house. And how long can you do that for? Because it, when I hear that, you know, like I'm, I'm very passionate and I, I've had my academy for 12 years, but it gets to 8.30 at night and I'm like, get me get me away from these kids for a few hours, you know, and, you know, I don't take many holidays, but I do take some, you know, is this something that you th think you can continue for 10, 20 years? Is this something that you're going to get tired of? Because that's, that's got to be, some people listening will think that's very, very difficult. And when you say welcome to hell, they'll be thinking, Joffrey, this is hell for you having to having to live there as well. Uh, this year we buy the like the, the the facilities. You no, know? we 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 ran before, and this year we buy the first time that I buy something like this because I never think about these kind of things. 
and now I, I cannot escape, you know. But, now you're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth, as I told my joking, I told my wife, uh, I imagine myself in 10 years or 12 years or 20 years, uh, like an old man, sweep the court, you know, very angry because the kids leave the paper. I, I imagine me like this. I don't imagine me retired in the mountains on the beach, you know. I imagine me on court fighting with the kids in another way, you know. It's a, I think, for me, really, I think it happened to you too, you know. When you are out of the, of the academy, you don't disconnect, you know. No. I, for, me, for me, it's easier. It's my mentality. It's easier to disconnect in the academy. Because I'm closer, you know. Yeah. I don't think uh, the, the, you know, this guy's practice good. It's not practice good. because I was there. It happened something I'm there, you know. Uh, and this one made me more free. It's, it's, it's a concept a little weird, but it's how how work my mind or how I convince my mind that it's working. And uh, we make this kind of thing, you know. I have two hours uh, free. I can go to sleep a sister or, or or whatever, you know, because. Uh, I don't spend petrol because I live in the academy. I don't spend food because, you know, it's a very simple life. But it's like uh, my sister is coming maybe six months ago. I said, oh, Geoffrey, you live like in a camping. He said, uh, yeah. Say, no, no, I tell this. It's cool. It's cool. Eh? You know, no, it's okay because I love to live like this. You know, it's not, we have two rooms. You know, it's not, it's not, uh, is not a life that normally the people like, but we really, really, really love this kind of life. It's a, the kind of life. It's a, how we understand that in, in Winjay so much. Well, Geoffrey, your your passion, your enthusiasm, just comes through so loudly and so and so clearly. You know, it's it's infectious. You know, and uh, and I think anybody that it gets a chance to be around you, you know, are, are very lucky. And and like I say, anybody anybody listening, I know there's you know global global tennis academy. You know, check it out. You know, it's something that's an experience that you should all give a go. Uh, I know as well, and something I'm going to look into is to come and see you maybe in September because I I believe you also offer this experience for tennis coaches to come as well. Yeah, this, the days we make something really, not, not really, but different, no? The, we, we understand tennis, our, our, how I understand tennis or we understand tennis is not the typical way. And we love to share that. Every year is coming 30, 40, 50 coaches, sometimes in the global experience that we organize. And sometimes just coming for, for be one week with us and, and, and share the time and the, and the knowledge together. And uh, we enjoy, we really love to, to share all our experience or our knowledge or our stupidity. I don't know what we share, but we really, really, really enjoy. And, and obviously when you, when you teach, you learn, you know, in the same time, because in the, yeah. in the, it's not one thing close that you listen and don't, no, no, it's a, normally there are no other people and we can, no, but why you make that? I make that. Oh my goodness, there. You know, it's a. And in the middle of the title, always when I go some symposium or something like this, one symposium is good. One, the middle conference, the middle of the conference is good. You know, when the people when go out of the conference speak about is when the conference is good. It don't, doesn't matter if the conference is very nice, or very important, but if the people not connect, don't speak about later. It doesn't work. What we try to do is that, not that, uh, okay, we pass on knowledge, we, 
in the court or in, in the computer. But then we need to speak about, we need to play with this information. I tell the coaches, play with information. Don't, don't look in one system, play with information and make mm. your own system. And this system today is like this, and maybe two years is absolutely different. Our periodization today or five years ago is absolutely different. And it's funny, just, just because it's funny, play with that. Yeah, very good. Now, our tradition at Control the Controllables, we have a quick fire question round to finish. So Fantastic. <laughs> are, are, are you ready? I'm absolutely ready. <laughs> what does Control the Controllables mean to you? We believe a lot in the, in the, in the Stoics, you know, the philosophy, the yep. Stoics philosophy. And it's a little like this, no? What yep. you can control, control. What you cannot control, just adapt, you know? I think life is like this, tennis is like this. For that, I, I really believe you need to control what you can, but don't try to control what you can adapt, accept. Very good. Your favorite Grand Slam? Uh, I'm so sorry for England, but it's Australia. I, I love Australia, but not especially because the, the, the game, is for the most fair, uh, I think is the more... I, I never been in in USA. Australia give me. The, I, I feel that I am uh, tennis. You know, nothing more. Nobody care about how you dress. Nobody care about nothing. You know, it's just tennis and tennis and tennis and tennis. For that, I feel so comfortable in Australia. I love Australia. When when you said earlier about the white shirt and the yellow on the on the shirt. It was never going to be Wimbledon. <laughs> After... it's, it's, it's okay. I never judge, but you feel more comfortable in one thing uh, or in another uh, environment. I feel very comfortable in Australia. Absolutely. Serve or return? Return. I think serve. Now, everybody serves so good that the difference starts to come from the return. Clay courts or hard courts? I don't want to answer. <laughs> Clay, of course, Clay, I'm Spanish. <laughs> the, ne the next one's even easier. Rafa or Roger? Absolutely easy. Rafa, of course. <laughs> I love Roger. I think he's an amazing guy. But I love how he played. But uh, I know Rafa a lot. And <laughs> I tell I, I always, you cannot use Rafa for teach the kids like a... Everything or Rafa, but you can use because it is extraordinary. It's difficult to. Sometimes you tell the Rafa make that. You say yeah, Rafa is Rafa, you know. But you can use so many parts of his life, like example for the player that is uh, not just because I love him, because like a son is because uh, helped me so much in my work. Who will be this year's Roland Garros male champion? Alcaraz. Uh, yeah. I think really I. I don't know how how Rafa will be, right? But uh, I want to see. Really, I'm very curious. Yeah, I want to see. I'm very excited to see Alcaraz playing tournaments of five sets uh, in, in in clay. I think will be will be crazy to see how manage the the. But I think I think have a good chance. I want to believe. Uh, I agree. Always like Spanish, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. no obviously, Rafa is good, etc., etc. Will be fantastic. Yeah. But uh, I think it's a good bet is Alcaraz. And what about the women's Roland Garros? Oof, this one, I don't know. The women's is difficult to know because 
so many players, no? In one appear, they all disappear. Um, I can tell you one thing about this one one coach. I don't remember the name. Is from Belarus, and and he make a conference and he tell one difference in the boys and the girls that obviously we are not the same, no better one the other, but it's the same. And she tell me the difference, the biggest difference for practice with boys and girls is one boy will make a disaster, make a disaster. One girl will make a disaster, she's a disaster. No, the, the capacity of the the the, the boys will say, ah, it's not me, it's one thing that I do. And the girls, when I make something, it's me. This this we need to work a lot, and for sure, it's social. I don't I don't want to say that uh, we born like this, but socially or not, is uh, the feeling it happens so many times. We need to teach the girls to be far of what I do is not what I am, you know. And I, I don't know really. I don't know who would be. I, I can mind. I can be that. I have players, favorite players, but now I'm really, really confused in the feminine. I love that because it's changing so much. But yeah. Yeah, I love the feminine tennis because I think it's more tactical, sometimes more than the than the males. But uh, I really don't know. I don't want to say it because it's <laughs> really because I don't know. Medical timeout or not? Should we be allowed a medical timeout or not? Uh, like always, no. I think it's fair, but in the same times, we need to be careful how use the people uh, that time come up. For me, it's so clear how the some players use the the, the medical timeout for for break the the rhythm of the opponent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Maybe the only way for be fair is a. Uh, no medical timeout, but in the same time, some, sometimes it's necessary. For me, it's difficult to understand that we have one injury. You need to stop five, ten minutes. You can recover in, in, in one 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 moment. No, maybe we need to be tough and decide that. Bad luck. No, you you have injury. Bad luck for you. Uh, you have a little time, but not. We cannot break the rhythm of the of the of the match. Comfort zone makes idiots. Keep them out of their comfort zone. No medical timeouts. No medical timeouts. Uh, Davis Cup or ATP Cup? You know that Spain enjoys so much the Davis Cup so long time. But now uh, it's difficult. It's difficult that I understand that the players have so many matches. Maybe one of the problems is that, that there are so many, so many tournaments. But I love the, the, the Davis Cup. I love the old Davis Cup. Uh, we need to look in one way, but Davis Cup for me is uh, something important. I believe a lot because it's part of my life. So just just because that is part of my life. Forehand or backhand? I can say a little more inside out forehand. Yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> I'm Moyer's <laughs> coach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and who should our next guest be on the podcast? Uh, I have one is a. Uh, it's Paul Dorochenko. I think is a uh, is uh, amazing. I don't know it's coming before, but Paul Dorochenko. The other one is John Forcades. Is the physical coach of uh, of Nadal and uh, was the physical coach of, of Moya. I think these two persons help me so much. I think the the information they they give is crazy. It's so 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 good. So now I'll be in touch because your job is to. To help me help introduce, <laughs> so, so. I, will, I, I can speak with them um, and pass you the. Especially Juan is difficult because it's like a, you know, it's like a man in the mountain alone, you know, because of like the the popularity. 
and, uh, and Paul will have a lot of work, but of course I will pass you, I speak and I will pass you the, the contact, of course. Joffre, thank you. I, I've learned so much from this conversation. I know that everybody that listens will as well. Thank you so much for your time and keep up the great work that you're doing in, in our industry. Thank you. It's a big pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me and for giving me the possibility to share with you and you share with me uh, so much information. Thank you so much. Muchas gracias, Joffrey. Uh, that's about all I've got. After 12, <laughs> after 12 years in Spain, there's not a lot more to offer. It's, it's painful. It's shocking, really, it that I couldn't have spoke to him in a bit more Spanish. But great guest. Loved it. Took, took so much from that. But before we get to Joffrey, I want to bring you in, Vicky, at this point, because uh, big news in the tennis world this week, Wimbledon's announcement and no no players from Russia or, Bela, or Belarus able to play um, Wimbledon this year. Already been a big backlash on that from the ATP WTA. I'm hearing some decisions are going to be made over the next few days as to whether ATP and WTA points are going to count towards Wimbledon. But I guess this backs up what you said a few weeks ago, that you feel that this is the, the right action to take. Do we really want to start <laughs> with my strong, strong opinions on this? Um, I mean, yeah, I personally believe it's the only action to take. I read read the news when it came in and was like, fantastic. I know a lot of people who think very, very differently and that sport and politics shouldn't uh, mix is the common um, comment that I keep reading. But for me, this isn't politics. It's not Biden versus Trump and what we all think about that. It's not whether Boris should resign over drinks during lockdown. For me, politics really isn't the right word for this. It's about innocent people being murdered, essentially, tortured, raped. Um, just look at the separation that's going on, the millions of people that have fled Ukraine. You know, if you listen to the podcast regularly, you might have heard us talk about we're supporting um, some young tennis players. Their parents have made the decision to drive across Europe some of the families, it took them 24 hours just to get over the border at, U at Ukraine. One mother has come with her 10-year-old and her four-month-old baby. She's had to leave her husband behind who's had to fight, so she's worrying about him every single moment of every day and the rest of her family left behind. She's in a strange country having to get ahead around Spanish and English. Her husband is left in Ukraine, missing his children, missing this amazingly special time with his newborn baby that he'll never get back. And they've had to make this decision as a family to keep their children safe. They said that's the number one priority is their safety, of course. But she's come this far from Ukraine to Spain to enable her eldest son to continue having some normality in his life by keep on doing the sport that he loves. And another family we were speaking to, they got as far as Poland and they couldn't travel on any further. They had a five-year-old daughter who was so traumatized by everything that was going on and just the journey itself to, to get out. They they had to say, look, we, we just can't carry on at the moment. We can't carry on the journey to Spain. We have to just settle and, and just focus on her and make sure she's okay. Of course, these are the stories with positive outcomes as opposed to what we're reading daily in the newspapers, but still the effects that this is having on on individual families and as a nation as a whole is horrific. 
and while I will miss the Russian and Belarusian players at Wimbledon, I will. Um, I don't think 16 or so players um, not playing a tournament. Okay, yeah, it was one of the biggest tournaments of the year. Um, I don't think their sacrifice is even in the same sentence is even comparable to the sacrifice a whole nation of people are having to make. And I'd love I'd love to have seen the ACP and the WTA make a stronger stance on this, really. Well, I think they might. I don't <laughs> but, think they will. But I think they might make a strong stance against what you're after. And, and uh, it's... I've softened on my views. I know that a few weeks ago on the podcast, I said I don't think they should be banned. I I find it hard to argue against against your points, you know, and I and I certainly don't want to argue against them, you know. It, I'm with you. It's a small price to pay. It's it's hard for us to even compare somebody being pulled out of a tennis tournament compared to what's going on. Is that really going to have the impact? I don't know. You know, if if everyone does it, maybe it does. Uh, it's just I think where my head's at with it all it's I'm, I'm caught in between this position where I just can't really believe that this is what's happening in 2022 you know that there's individuals that are that are, that are going ahead and doing such things that a nation is his manhandling and and blowing up humans taking out taking out a a, a country and you know what we can do as a sport i don't know wimbledon it's a brave stance it's a brave stance for wimbledon to make i think it's a brave stance as well for the lta to also jump on you know has it come from the government what are the potential repercussions for wimbledon lta on on that are people going to jump on board with it you know we saw with the peng shui situation People made stances for a few weeks and then everyone tends to get back to normal life when when people in Ukraine just aren't going to be able to do that. And uh, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't have a strong feeling anymore. I just, I just wish for peace in this world. Uh, I, I really do. And, and just hope and pray that we're going to find a way for, for these countries. And it's not just Russia and Ukraine. You know, we've got, there's, there's many countries in the world that, that, that these terrible actions are happening as well. And who are we, I guess, on this podcast to, to, to put that to rights. But I think we are also right to bring attention to it and to, get, you, to get people thinking. Could you sit you know, we'll often as an academy sit and watch the Wimbledon semis final. Could you sit with the Ukrainian families that we've got at the academy right now and knowing the difficulties that they're going through, having to leave family members behind in Ukraine to fight, just the journeys alone to get here. Could you be cheering on Medvedev, for example, or Rublev in the semis, the finals of Wimbledon, watching them lift, potentially lifting the Wimbledon trophy? I we can't, we can't, that... What message does that send? I think I think if they're representing Russia, I think that's a, that's a different thing. I think of course any, they're representing Russia. Whether they have the picture of the flag next to them, of course they're representing uh, Russia. They're I Russian athletes. If we see the way that Rublev's talked about it, I mean, he's stuck in between a rock and a hard place, isn't he? Because he's he's 
gone as far almost I'd as rather it. be stuck between a rock and a hard place than be stuck between having to leave my home or get bombed but I'm not sure that's on Andrei Rublev so if we well take, it's not on the Ukrainian families either but if we take Rublev how far can he go without his his government his leader all of a sudden he disappears off the face of the earth you know so so for him to be completely outspoken against it is very difficult you know he's i know that him writing no war and peace and things on the cameras is not going to change it but but i'm also not sure that an individual like that who who blatantly doesn't agree with what is going on him being punished as necessarily i don't think he's condemned what is going on there I think I, I think it's very difficult for him to go much further than he actually has. You know, there's a there's not a freedom of speech in Russia. You know, there's you know where we, again I talk about the we talked about it earlier the Peng Shui in China. There's not there's not the freedom of speech that's allowed in some of these countries, and 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 I, and I and I guess that the energy that needs to go somewhere, but I certainly don't think the blame should be going somewhere. I understand that if if that as a sanction, if all sports got together, stopped all Russians from competing, that maybe then the pressure of that will start to build. But it has to start somewhere for that to happen, isn't it? Yeah, but it does. But, but I almost think there needs to be an agreement made across sports, across, or even just take tennis itself. You know, get your agreements right first. I'm not sure Wimbledon have done themselves any favours just, just making that one decision themselves, potentially isolating themselves, the LTA potentially isolating themselves as well. Have the conversations with the... ATP, WTA, and, and I think it shows the fractures that we have in our sport. If we can't come out with a, a global message, this is what has been decided as a sport for this reason, I think I can go with that more. I think I can go with that more and then maybe use that to try and get other sports and, and get the athletes to really understand that this is not nothing personal. This is something that we feel we need to do as as a world to apply pressure speak to your leader speak to your government see if the change can be made but in reality 16 17 players not playing Wimbledon is not going to have any impact on Vladimir Putin. well we're talking about it so it's already had an impact in the tennis community if you go if you were on Twitter in the first few days even now that is all anyone is talking about very very strong opinions for and very very strong opinions against most of the opinions i've been reading are actually against when most are mo- most are against and i think you'll have a lot of people that and look we 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 want peace here you know everyone's got their own opinions it's 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 polarizing it's i think ultimately everyone wants everyone wants the same thing but i think the argument is should these individuals suffer and 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 Ukraine for, individuals for, for, or for, for, for what for what reason you know because is that is that going to have the impact you can keep talking about the uh, you know the Ukraine individuals we know that uh, we know that that is what this is all about but but as a you know stopping think... the Russians playing the World Cup football for for me has a much bigger impact stopping them going to the Olympics has a much bigger impact because it's a nation. You know, the individuals, Rublev's lived in Spain all his life, you know, all of his tennis life. 
You know, you, you could argue he's happened happened to have Russian parents. You know, Zverev has got Russian parents. Does that mean Zverev doesn't play? You know, where 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 is the line drawn, and 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 how do we set this up so that it has maximum impact? And I think just one isolated Grand Slam, and Federation coming out and making this rule, like I said before, it's brave. It's really brave. You know, and and in in lots of ways, fair play to them. You know, that's the stance they want to take. But I would have loved to have seen the sport get together and make a stance together on this as a sport rather than in the fractures that we currently see. Well, it's difference of opinions even there, isn't it? You know, the ATP and the WTA made their decision and obviously Wimbledon LTA does not agree. It is, but, that, but this is my point. This is the whole problem with the tennis industry. There's, 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 too, many, there's too many fractures within it. There's too many organisations. There's not enough collectiveness you know, so so then there's there's not enough power, and this is we're talking about something that's massive here in terms of a wall. But that that comes down to whether it's prize money, whether it's you know distribution of 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 TV rights, whether it's sponsorship deals, whether it's you know gambling, which we talked about a few weeks ago. They're they're not they're not coming together and work and working together. And I think you know it would have been nice to have seen that because now all that's going to happen is you're going to have a lot of in-house fighting. The ATP and WTA. I think, and by the time this goes out, I think they might have already done it. I think they're going to, I'm hearing that they are going to take ATP and WTA points out, out of those events, you know, because and they're going to counter. So then it's going to become in-house fighting within the tennis world, which defeats the whole object of, 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 of really what's going on. But I think to, to move on, because I, I think we could talk about this for yeah. hours, I certainly am not disagreeing with you. You know, I think I'm softening to that way of looking at it but I'd like to see sports and organizations as a whole do something a little bit stronger that will actually have a maximum impact but I do have some empathy for the individuals that yes, as, as well you know that are that are finding themselves in in these positions um but yeah let's let's as always say our prayers and 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 see what we can we can all do to to rally around and hope that hope that this this nightmare for so many um, comes to an end sooner rather than later. But I think we do have to we do have to move on. And, and apologies for for those of you that haven't come on here to to, to listen to that debate. But uh, a vitally important topic in the world right now. But when we want to move back to our amazing guest Joffrey Porter, and uh, just so full of knowledge. And again, I, I say it all the time, but. I get to see their faces more times than not when, when we have the video call. And he had such a cheekiness about him as well. You know, you could really see his passion, everything about him, like so much going on in his head. You know, this this is his life. And just so many golden takeaways to take with us from that one. Well, I think we both had the same one. <laughs> Effort is not a sacrifice. That, for me, jumped out at me as soon as he said it. A lovely little quote. We used it at the start of the episode and something I've been trying to keep in my mind all week. I've, I've used it 44 times in, <laughs> in squads this week. And it's, you know, don't, don't, don't celebrate that you worked hard. You know, that's, of course you work hard, you know, and that's it. And, and I think it's just, it's such an insight into... People talk about the Spanish system and uh, systems aren't 
I don't think there is such a thing as a system in the tennis world. It's an individual sport, you know. Um, you've got Klopp and Guardiola for Liverpool and Man City. They've got a system that maybe they play, you know, with their teams from 20 years old onto the first team. But when we're talking about nations in an individual sport, and there's so many ways to skin the cat, I just don't think there is necessarily a system that works. But there is certain things that go through and seem to be just in the in the makeup of these of these Spanish coaches and in turn these Spanish players and that is the one. Yeah. You of course you give your best every single time, every single point, every single week, every day, every tournament, on court, off court, you know, and, and he seems to have that down in abundance. I do know quite a few players that have gone to his academy. Not many have made it through the week. It genuinely is tough oh, as really? boots. Um, I I love the concepts of no mobile phones all day. Yeah, you know, no distractions. No, and just getting back to that kind of old-fashioned way of working, you know. And I, and I think I think it it's it's massive. And if and if people have the passion then then I think they flourish. I think the problem is if they don't have the absolute passion obsession with it, they'll use it as an excuse. And and I and I can only imagine how many people have come and gone through the doors of his academy and blamed him. Because ultimately they don't they don't they don't cut it. And and I think that it brings a greater kind of dilemma into into us as tennis coaches, you know, how you are. You know, I would say quite tough as a coach. But I, but I, but I also am trying to get that, get that balance of keeping people loving, loving the sport. You know, do we sometimes go the other way where we're a bit fluffy and it's all a bit too nicey nice? I think so at times. I think coaches are, are, are definitely guilty of that. Um, and different players respond to different ways as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, you, you take Rafael Nadal. He he was made in that way he was made in that way Tony Tony Nadal actually quite a funny story I I was at the Nadal Academy back in November 2021 and Tony spoke to the coaches the parents the players and one of the first things he said is he said uh, if you uh, I tell my sons wherever they go to play tennis just when people ask who who their father is make sure that they don't say it's me because then my secret's out that I'm actually not that good <laughs> and you know really nice story and these boys played to a good level uh, a couple of our guys at the academy beat them in close matches but great attitudes and, and and exactly that you know Tony's probably put the same into his sons if not more than he did to Rafa you know and Rafa's gone on to win 21 grand slams his sons are a six seven hundred in the world juniors and, and, it, and it brings home that ultimately it is on the players. You know, there's no yeah. coach in the world that, that's got that's got that magic. And that brings me into another little quote that he said, which I loved. He, it was a, it was along the lines of, I don't teach my students. You know, he, he, he prepares the environment for them to learn. And, and, and I love that as well. I use the sat-nav concept uh, uh, along the lines of that. That, you know, ultimately, if you don't have a player with passion, it doesn't matter how good the environment is, they're not necessarily going to learn the lessons that they do and and I love that he's putting all of the, that ownership and that control the controllables back onto the players 
I really liked what he was saying about Carlos Moya and Rafa Nadal's relationship. I didn't realise a lot of the the background there. Um, Very family-oriented. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, we said individual sport, but the Spanish do seem very tight as well and very supportive of each other. Well, you see that, don't you, anyway? You know, you see that in the restaurants here. And I think when we moved here, the shock we got that, you know, people in the community are constantly saying, oh, well, we'll look after your kids, you know, yeah. that's fine. You know, you guys have a bit of have a bit of quiet time. And, yeah. you know, I, th- I think that the Spanish family culture is like that. Or, or when we had uh, our, our second child who was born in Spain, you just sent home because... The, the care is with the family. Yeah. The care is not necessarily in, in the hospital. And, and I think that is very, very inbuilt. And again, it's quite subtle, but you do see it. You know, there's a, there is a bit of a family together feel. You see it now with Carlos Alcaraz, with the other Spanish players, you know, Carreno Busta. I know they train together, but they seem very tight. And, 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 it, and it goes a long way. We need, we need that, need that support. That's where we, uh, that's where we learn, you know, I've, the next guest that's coming in, 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 in a week's time who I've had the conversation with today, actually, Dalma Galfi, world number one junior who's just broken the top 100 in the world WTA. That comes on the back of five years, which was one three six in the world when she was 19. It's taken her four or five years to then get inside 100. But it comes on the back of two other two other Hungarian girls who broke the top 100 the two months before, you know, and that we delve into whether one of the reasons that she got there was that. And, and that's the way that we work as human beings. We, we put barriers in place. You know, Rafa growing up with Carlos Moya would have opened all of those barriers, you know, and I think that the Spanish continue to do that. They've got a lovely relationship, but is he going to win Roland Garros? Oh, I want him to win so badly. <laughs> Number 22 in 2022. Oh, it's, it's got nice such ring. a nice ring to it. <laughs> Come Play, on, Rafa. Playing against Carlos Alcaraz in the final. And that would be <laughs> an unbelievable event for, for Spanish tennis, but also for global tennis. Yeah. And then we'll get them both on maybe to talk about it <laughs> afterwards on controlled Controllables. Sorry we've gone on a bit, guys. I know this one, if you're still with us, you are... Big supporters, and we thank you greatly for that. Um, if you're not, then you won't hear this, so it doesn't matter <laughs> anyway. Um, but we will be back, like I said, Dalma Galfi coming up. I'm excited also to announce we've got Mark Beef Taylor, the the fitness coach of the recently retired Ash Barty. So what amazing insights we're going to get into not only how he trained her, but also the mindset of Ash Barty. He's been part of the team for the last few years many more guests to come thank you all for supporting please keep liking rating reviewing but until next time i'm dan kiernan and we are control the controllables <laughs>